Okay, hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of You Haven't Seen That? Uh, for those who haven't listened to the show, it's it's kind of a uh, movie matchmaking show where I introduce people to movies I, I think they would like that they haven't seen. Some of these are legitimate cinema classics. Others are cult films that I feel like more people should see. And uh, today I'm joined again by, you've been on the show before, but I think this is your first time as a... Uh, uh, a person seeing a movie for the first time. You've been one of our expert witnesses in the past, but please welcome Donovan Eiler to the show. Hi, thank you so much, John, for having me back. Um, we'll see w- what order these get released in, but this could be my first as a oh, it should be you as should a guest. Be. I know that there are other ones that you want to have me see. Yes, the, 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 you'll be you'll be on the show again. As I mean, people will be. I think people will start to figure out in the show that like the same people are going to keep coming back. It's for the people listening. Yeah, basically, what happened is John and I were sitting around one day while he was talking about this podcast, mm-hmm. and then I was interrogated for a couple of hours <laughs> while John created a list of the most judgmental. I'm, I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> sure. John, you haven't seen that? Like, yeah, I yeah, yeah. It's played is really you know comical. Oh, nice. No. I went home and I cried. Off off mic. I'm a monster to these people. I mean. I didn't want to say it. Sure. I'll say it for I'm you. I'm glad you did. I'm, I can accept it. I know that yeah. about myself. But it's all for the it's all for good faith. You know, yeah, it's, it's all for the greater sin oh, of yeah. good. Oh yeah. I'm 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 trying to educate people on here. This yeah. is an educational podcast. I hope so. Yeah. I'm gonna be educated. <laughs> uh but no, I yeah, a lot of the a lot of the way I, I will do the show is I will just send I will just text people lists of movies. And, and then, you have to lie about a couple of them <laughs> and watch them really quick or just, you know, suck uh, it up and say, yeah. John, I haven't. And then you're coming on the show. I haven't seen the movie. Then you're coming on the just show. Clear my schedule for the next three weeks. And so I, I know people are probably, they they can see what movie we're talking about because of the title of the episode. Sure. But today we are watching Better Off Dead. Yeah. Hopefully that's, they don't think that's the title of this and that you're telling me that I'm better off dead. Well, that's here. There's there's a bit of that as well. We'll be <laughs> okay. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, no, we were talking about yeah, Better Off Dead. Um, which uh, are you familiar? Were you familiar with this movie at all? No, I had no. I've heard a lot about it in the last couple of weeks since we talked about that's it. That's interesting. Um, and I feel like it's one of those things that you never see a type of car. Mm-hmm. before you drive that type of car. Yeah. And then you're driving, and you're like, everybody's driving the same sure. car that I'm driving. But up until you bought that car, you, do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Or like you never heard about Kale before, and then all of a sudden you hear about it once, and then you hear everybody talking about exactly. how great Kale is, which is a lie. <laughs> is it a lie? It's basically, if it wasn't good enough to be spinach, mm-hmm. and it wasn't good enough to be arugula, both of which I like. It's not a leafy uh, green thing. Okay, all right, all right. But when you have to spray something with vinegar... In order for it to obey, uh-huh. I feel like it's not worth <laughs> to eating. To obey, like, yeah. Otherwise, it'll just do whatever it wants. Yeah, it goes rampant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this so, is, anyway, so I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't, hadn't really heard, heard anything better until a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and uh, this is kind of a cult movie. This was not like a big hit when it came out. I think it, it kind of flew under the radar, but it definitely, know. it definitely has a fan base behind it. it. It's it's certainly a beloved movie to the people who have seen it. Do you expect me to join that fan? Base? I think so. Yeah. This is. Uh, I don't want to talk. I don't want to tell you too much about the movie, sure. but it, it it is. It's a it's a high school comedy. Okay, um, I was in high school once. Yeah, good. I think. Then I think. I think the thing about this movie is I think it's pretty relatable. Okay, while being very very strange. Well, that's two things that are used to describe me often. Yes, relatable Str- but strange. Yes, exactly. You no, know, that's why I think that's why this movie uh, jumped out to me. Like we'll let you in our house, but don't look at our kids. Exactly. <laughs> Keep away. Something I hear Honey, all the time. put the kids in the back. All right, yeah. we can't. Hi, how are you? Yeah. It's very nice right, to talk to these you. Kids, just get them back there. Just I don't care. All right, just You're go. strange, but right, close the, the door. Time we uh, feel like there's a yeah a kindred exactly. spirit. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think the movie I think the movie is pretty relatable. 
Um, it does star. You're aware it does star John Cusack. Yes, I did know that. Okay, who has a sister? Yes, he does. If for people who didn't Joan Cusack, she's not in this. Okay, uh, they've been in a number of movies together, but yes, not have. not this one. Uh, this was only his second starring role in a film. What was his first? Uh, it was a movie called The Sure Thing. Not, I haven't oh, seen that movie. I want to check that one out too. I don't okay. want to just there, there's in in picking the movies for the show. I have to sometimes steer away from just picking the same kind of movies. Sure. And John Cusack is one of my favorite actors yeah. ever. This could have easily turned into the John Cusack podcast. Yeah. Because uh, I frequently run to people, you haven't seen this John Cusack movie? So yeah. I'm trying to parcel out the Cusack movies. Well, that's good. Um, because Both John and Joan or just John? Yeah, just John. The Joan Cusack movies are rampant on this podcast. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, Toy Story 2. Toy Story 2, School of School Rock. School of Rock, yeah. 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 Uh, um, Runaway Bride. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe her best role. Probably, yeah. That was a great use of Joan Cusack. That was a great use of just about everybody. It's a delightful film. Richard Gere may be the exception. You think so? He's the weakest link on that. Mm. Well, this isn't a Richard Gere movie podcast. No. But I pretty I mean anybody could have played that part. Okay. It's not like they he failed at something. It just sure. that character in itself. Mm. I guess maybe they were maybe they got Richard Gere on the cheap or something. Well, I think they were trying to reteam the pretty woman pairing there yeah he's better in pretty woman okay anyways it's a very charming movie though. it is no did. i do really like that movie yeah. uh i've seen it at least a dozen times. so yeah so we're gonna watch better off dead uh it's directed by a man named savage steve holland his first name is savage or is that a nickname i think it's a nickname i don't know I for wish sure though. his parents named him savage his name is savage holland send him off to boarding school they like signed him up for boarding yeah. school before they even raised him yeah savage uh so this yeah this is a really interesting movie um uh, what are you What are you predicting going into it? What do you What well, is your sort of your so the, mindset before we watch it? Well, I mean, the thing that people always bring up, mm-hmm. and fortunately for me, not in great detail because I'm not a fan of spoilers. Good, by yeah, any means that's right. But um, there is, I know there to be some mail delivery, like a delivery boy uh-huh. or a newspaper boy, uh-huh. who I guess is pretty spunky. Yeah. And is uh, pretty great. Mm-hmm. Is um, somebody that you walk away really enjoying. Okay. okay. That's honestly about what I know about this movie. Okay. Um, which is enough for me to watch a movie. All right. Spunky, <laughs> newspaper, spunky, delivery. spunky newspaper Boy. Yeah. I mean, that's about there's a new. It. There's a bit of a Newsies influence in here. I yeah. <laughs> I guess Newsies is there. Chris, uh, uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale is maybe his best role. A young Batman. Yeah, uh, singing. I mean, that's and my his favorite way. of the Dark Knight quadrilogy. The quadrilogy, Newsies, what? Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think yeah, I think Nolan directed Newsies, didn't he? I I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. For uh, don't look it up, but he did. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't look it up. Trust. And us. just assume that we are. Why right. would we be on a podcast if we didn't know stuff like no, that? No. Yeah. They don't just give these to anyone. All right. You Down can't ju- with the internet. <laughs> you can't just, just podcast. You can't just put these up. All right. You got to p- apply for a license here. And, yeah. And, and a loan. Yeah. There's a there's a quiz involved. Like yep. there's a long I, process. I've here. been deputized. Yeah. No. We wear badges when we do this. Yep. We have to. Yep. Deputy of Truth. Justice yep. and podcasting. Exactly. Truth, justice, and podcasting. Yep, that's yeah. our slogan. Yep, exactly. Anyways, I don't really know anything about this movie. <laughs> so hopefully that means that we'll have a good long interview. I think so, yeah. After the movie. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. All right, cool. Uh, so I think we're going to go watch it. Uh, yeah. if folks at home, if you want to watch it, we're, we're going to go do that right now. It's Better Off Dead. Uh, it's available pretty much everywhere. It's pretty easy to get, get a hold of a copy. Yeah. And uh, check it out. It's an awesome movie. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about it. 
seen Better Off Dead. Well, you had seen it before. I had seen it before, yes. I've seen this movie many times before, actually. Give me an estimate of how many times. Over ten, probably. Okay, now I'm going to give you an estimate of how many times I've seen this movie. Okay. One. One? You feel safe in that estimate? Give or take about six. (laughs) Okay. So negative five to seven times. Yeah. Just a range. (laughs) Uh, I was trying to guess. So this film was released theatrically October 11th, 1985. Wow. Uh, yeah, as I said, it was written and directed by... This is the first film by a man named Savage Steve Holland. And has he done anything else? Uh, yes, actually. The next year, he would release a film that is... It's not the sequel to this movie, but it's okay. the spiritual sequel to this movie, I would say. And it's called One Crazy Summer, also starring John Cusack. As a very similar Not character. Not the same character, though. Not the same character, but a very similar character uh, playing a, a, an aspiring teenage cartoonist. So, Okay. Some of the. Similar? Some of the, yeah, some of the same vibes. Starting to pick up a, a theme. Uh, and he, he and his wacky buddies are helping uh, Demi Moore save her family property from evil developers in that movie. Demi Moore? Yeah. Crazy. See, there's the poster for. One Crazy Summer. Oh, wow. Yeah, a very young Demi Moore, a very young John Cusack. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the, that was the next movie he made. And they're, they, they're very similar. Like, if you saw that, you would. it has a very similar sense of humor and style and vibe to sure. this movie. Uh, and then I don't really know if he did anything else after that. I know those two movies. It looks like he did direct some things. Uh, looks like he's done a lot of TV. Okay. Uh, yeah. Looks like mostly television. A lot of kids' television. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show. All right. Even Stevens, Lizzie McGuire. Wait, even Stevens? Okay. You know what I was thinking this whole time? Mm-hmm. I'm going to admit this right away. Yeah. This felt like Lizzie McGuire, the 1985 movie. Oh, yeah? Like the way, the cartoons, the talking to the objects, well, the cutaway. He, he directed 13 episodes of Lizzie McGuire. That makes perfect sense. Like, if I saw this Better Off Dead mm-hmm. at the time Lizzie McGuire was coming out, I'd yeah. be like, oh, it was made by the same... People. Same with even Stevens. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. No, I see what you're saying. That's, yeah. that's really... A little sh- bit, yeah. And, then, and obviously, Savage Steve Holland was involved with both of those shows, so... That makes a little... Uh, I'm glad I'm not completely crazy <laughs> for just thinking about even Stevens and Lizzie McGuire. Sure. No, I remember these shows, of course. But I mean, for thinking about it in the context of In the context else, of this yeah. movie, yeah. Uh, so, do, as we always do, so we start with an overall impression of the movie? Yeah. What, what was your, what? What is your overall impression of the film? It was a lot of fun. It was kooky, zany. It feels like you're watching a cartoon almost. Yes, like the way the characters interact, it, they're so heightened. Like a oh, absolutely. You know, like a Looney Tunes sort of way. That it's just I don't know from the from the opening like animated credits where 
you know, a, there's a knight. The knight chasing the monster who's yeah. carrying the girl. Right. You know, and you, you cut to him and his dad is in a fitful sleep because the, he can sense the newspaper boys coming. He's you know broken I mean? all the windows. He's broken the all the windows but one. Door, yeah. I, it's just one of those, like, it feels, everything about it, the stakes couldn't be higher, but at the same time, the stakes don't mean anything. Right. You know, like, it's both. I think there's something to this movie, though, too, about, like, it, it does have this heightened sort of cartoonish style, but there's also something that's kind of, when I said before, that there's something kind of relatable to me in a certain extent. Yeah. Like, there's there's almost something realistic about that as a teenager when the stakes are so high. Yeah. And everything is so heightened, and your parents are so out of touch, and yeah. your your girlfriend breaking up with you is earth-shattering and all this stuff like this. And, yeah. And winning the big ski race is all that matters, it's, you know. So I think there's something there's something to that that actually kind of plays into the high school experience in this movie. Yeah, it definitely feels like the direction of this was led through the lens of somebody who was in the midst of being like a hormone Molotov cocktail. You yeah, know, just waiting uh, to explode. So this film, the Steve Holland has described this film as very autobiographical. Really? Uh, yeah, he he was suicidal after his uh, high school girlfriend oh, left no. him for the captain of the ski team. Oh, no. Much like this movie. And he really was menaced by a paperboy who was demanding him for $2. Probably not to the extent. I love, I mean, I said that, that beforehand, but that paperboy bit is It's an so amazing good. runner throughout the movie, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a motivator for one of the big climaxes of the movie. Absolutely, yeah. It, 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 the giant ski chase at the end of the yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, it's a ski race and chase. Yeah, well, first half is chase, uh-huh. second half is race. Exactly, yeah. And actually, I'm looking in here, the, according to Steve Holland, that ex-girlfriend contacted him to apologize after this movie came out. Wow, so you think <laughs> that she saw this movie and realized that she had might maybe done more harm? I think so, yeah. Wow. Clearly, that's amazing. I wonder what, I mean, I, that's not my experience, but I wonder what it's like to be the person receiving that call. Mm-hmm. Like, do you feel guilty for doing that? Do you feel <laughs> like a catharsis there? Like, I just wonder what, yeah, what it, that feels like because that was a really strange. Yeah, that's so bizarre. Yeah, he, be, that's he, a human interaction. He actually I never had. did try to hang himself with an extension cord uh, on a pipe in his garage. I do love the bit when he's like, he's he's going to do it, and he's like, "Wait a second, this is death. Mm-hmm. This is not." Di- I haven't been to New York, you know. I haven't been anywhere. I haven't been anywhere, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, of course, his mom. Yeah, comes in. And in reality, he had those thoughts as well, he was saying. And then the plastic garbage can that he was under just gave way. Wow. Yeah. And then that he said that was about the time he started working on this script then. Or at least starting jotting down ideas about this, basically. How old was he when he wrote this? Because that was in high school that he... That was in high school, yeah. Uh, he would have been... Let's see if I can get an age on him. What a way to process through your emotions <laughs> by, like, I'm in the middle of suicidal thoughts and tendencies. So he was all 25 when he made this movie. Wow, that's so young. Yeah. yeah and then, so yeah, young. Yeah, 25 and then... And uh, John Cusack famously not happy with this film, actually. Why? Uh, apparently just didn't, didn't care the time for the way it now. turned out. I think more at the time. I've I just recently heard him on the Nerdist asked about it, and uh, uh, he was he was a little bit more forgiving of it than than he was in the past. But apparently, he was very unhappy and walked out of a uh, screening of the movie. This might be my favorite thing I've seen John Cusack in. Is that right? Yeah. How, how, I was going to ask this. How much of Cusack's filmography do you think you've seen? Um, I know one movie I saw that I could not stand. Okay. Fourteen oh eight. 
Really? Okay. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. Wow. Here's the thing, John. Mm-hmm. If you have one character in the whole movie, which mm-hmm. is essentially what you do. Yeah, basically. That person is the main character. Yeah. Don't try to scare me with his death because I know how far we are into the movie. <laughs> He's not going to die. Right? Okay. If something jumps out at him, he'll be fine. Yeah. They can't kill off the main character. It would be an empty hotel room <laughs> for 45 more minutes. All right. Fair enough. I can't, I, just, I can't argue that logic. I just feel like that movie... I mean, I know it's based off of a Stephen a King, Stephen King story, book, yeah. which might be more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but that... And, I mean, John Cusack in the movie, all he does is walk around a hotel room and make faces. Like, <laughs> his performance in that doesn't have to be anything. Sure. Because the movie itself. I'm He's not reacting sure, I'm to not sure it, the horror he, of the hotel room. Yeah, exactly. I'm not yeah, sure yeah. that he was the one. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other stuff. Have you seen I, other John Cusack movies that you have liked? Uh, Say Anything? or uh, I haven't seen Say Anything. Uh, the, the, <laughs> We're just going to have you on. Oh, no, I have seen Say Anything. That's one of the boombox. Boombox, yeah. Okay, I have seen that movie. We talked about The Sure Thing earlier, which I know you haven't seen. Uh, Gross Point Blank. Nope. High Fidelity, where he owns a record store. Nope. But is he in Serendipity? Yeah, he is the star of Serendipity. I've seen that movie. Okay. Yeah, he's made a number. Don't read into this audience what movies I have seen and what I haven't. He's made a number of romantic comedies. He was also in Must Love Dogs. Yep, seen that one. You've seen it, because we also talked about Runaway Bride in the beginning, so. We did. You've you've seen a lot of don't the worry about it. Hey, <laughs> you know my mom likes rom coms, and so that's made, all right. But he's made a number of movies. He he's uh, he also writes films as well. He wrote uh, both Gross Point Blank and High Fidelity, uh, which are oh. my two favorite movies of his. Um, but yeah, this is this is kind of where he started. He's you were looking at a very young John Cusack here. Yeah, um, and a very crazy. I can't imagine this movie being made today. That that's the other thing I was thinking is. What would an audience do? And that's when I started thinking about like Lizzie McGuire. Mm-hmm. Like it was okay on kids' television when we were kids to be but, this like surreal but, and out there. And... But to only be on kids' television and for a short period of time, I don't think there are programs that are really. I'm not watching no. all the kids' programs. The I exception am, of Gravity they're, they're Falls, not, yeah, um, and Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated, <laughs> sure. both of which I highly recommend. Those to everybody. are great, yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't think it would get made, and that makes me really sad because I feel like this would be a movie that I would want to make or be involved. Yeah, with. absolutely. I mean, it feels like I said. There's these really nice moments of emotion mm-hmm. and realism, and then there's cartoon sketches. It's really interesting. The movie is very sincere. While being completely insane, yes, which is one of my favorite things. If you can, if you can actually balance that tone, that's yeah. an amazing balancing act to me as, as a filmmaker. That's another description of two that I always get called is uh, sincere, sincere but completely insane. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Once again, these you know. are very accurate descriptions. People are pretty good at describing you. I think. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> you know, they just keep calling me the better off dead. Oh, okay, oh, hey, hey, better off dead's coming over here. That's, <laughs> that's why this movie sounds so. Familiar. There you go. Yeah. Uh, There's there, worse things. There, <laughs> yeah, there are worse things than that. I uh, I do want to also comment before we get too deep and sure. I forget this. I am so glad that we're not in 1985 anymore. Mm-hmm. Mainly the sock game. The sock <laughs> game of any of those actors in this movie, <laughs> I was just like holding in. One of the first shots of John Cusack is, is his socks. Yes, and that he just gets into the shower with, with them. With the socks. I find that infinitely <laughs> disgusting. I, I almost had to leave the room. And then he's drying them with the hairdryer. Yes. Yeah. And then she's fixing the car and her socks, like, there's no elastic in them. So they're just, like, they're very knee-high socks bunched up in an inch at her ankles. Yeah, and they're very frilly as well. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. I would, I would, man, that's so gross. <laughs> that's so gross, everybody. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, so the by the game. edited cut of this, where the, the socks the, are cut. For the out. most part, we, we can we'll talk about the band that plays the school dance yeah. later. But for the most part, this movie doesn't. I mean, some of the music cues and stuff, but they don't look very eighties per se. It's pretty timeless. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a couple of things here and there, I think. And I feel like the stuff that isn't timeless because of the cartoonish nature of this film mm-hmm. feel like they're just hyperbolized, yeah, exaggerated things, as opposed to. Like a period piece that's trying to be really, um, really true to the source material, and they just blow it out of proportion. Like you watch old um, runs of Saved by the Bell, right? And you're just like, I don't think people actually really did dress. It's very like this, extreme, yeah. like this. You know, right, they right, did dress right. like this, but it wasn't in that kind of. Right. It wasn't to the ten. You know exactly, yeah. So that you know, there's a couple characters in here that I felt maybe fell into that away. The uh, Monique. Mm-hmm. Her favorite color is brown. Yeah. Clearly. Half the time she's in brown from head to toe. Absolutely. Um, looks like a potato. Monique, sure. uh, played by Diane Franklin. Yeah, she looks really familiar, too. Uh, she was in some movies, particularly in the 80s here. Um, Diane Franklin. That name sounds so familiar. Uh, is, that, is that her natural hair, do you think? I think so, it's yeah. a wig. No, I believe that's her hair. I mean, I've, I saw her in other movies where she had that hair. Really? Yeah. What if it was a trademark wig? Is <laughs> it trade? Oh, she was in uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, actually. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, she was one of the main girls in that. Cool. Uh, you can see a picture of her today. There she is. Yeah, she doesn't change much. No, she looks kind of the same. Yeah, um, older. Not French. Yes, I could tell. <laughs> you could tell. Yeah, that was another thing of this movie: the suspension of disbelief on a few <laughs> of those parts. Was a little bit goofy, you yeah. know. Which again, you from the get go, you understand. It's so that heightened movie... that they can kind of get away with that stuff. Yeah, you know? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you can kind of uh, just go with in this movie because because of just the vibe of it is so. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it you shouldn't be asking questions of these things because it sort of takes place in this very heightened movie world. Yeah, do they even name the town where they're in? They, oh, Greendale. 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 That's Greendale, right. Yeah, waiting for Sabrina, the teenage witch, yeah, to show exactly, up. Exactly. Yeah, the whole time. I was saying, I wonder if uh, Dan Harmon pulled that. Uh, the name of the school and community from this because I mean he's a big fan of these, I feel like this era of films and these type of films. Maybe I mean that's that's not a bad guess. I just also feel like Greendale isn't the most unique of names. True, you exactly. know. Yeah, I mean that that is possible. I don't know though. I Greendale. Mean, uh, I mean this almost has. I mean Community kind of has a similar vibe to this in some ways. I could see that it takes over a bit. Yeah, some of those characters. Mm-hmm. His best friend. Or yeah. I assume it's a friend. You just see him. Uh, Cur- uh, Curtis Armstrong is the actor. Yep. Who pretty, plays uh, Charles, I believe is his name. Pretty entertaining. Oh, yeah. Guy. Very much so, yeah. King around a pig fetus. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. And there's that scene in the classroom where he just has a uh, yeah some kind of fetus in a jar. And he's trying to wake it up. <laughs> he's shaking the jar. He's tapping it with a pencil. I mean, yeah, this whole... Uh, this movie, I, I, the way I've always looked at it, yeah, is that we're very much seeing it through the eyes of Lane Meyer, our main character. Yeah. That, like... Um, the scene in the classroom is a great scene where the the the, the kids are enraptured by uh, a geometry class. Yes, and everybody is so prepared uh, when he asks for the homework. They pull out these elaborate things, yep. and he's got a, a a piece of paper with gum on it that just says "Do homework." Do homework. Yeah, there's a lot of great sight gags in this. Absolutely. Well, of- Savage Steve Holland, I believe, uh, was a cartoonist. Again, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, uh, I believe so. Because so much of yeah, that. Yeah, he graduated from Cal Arts with a degree in animation. And there's that 
And so he did the animation. Those are his drawings. And, and so did he do the claymation too? I don't know if he did the stop motion. Is it stop motion? It looks like claymation. I mean, same basic concept. It's well, just how are you... we gonna are we gonna get into debate right here, John? Claymation is different than stop motion. Yes, it's, you use stop motion to animate claymation. Yeah, but claymation you have to make the stuff out of clay. True, that is true. Stop motion is like I always think of Santa Claus is coming to town, the Mickey Rooney piece, where it's uh-huh. clearly just dolls. Sure, they didn't have to spend a lot of time on that. They yeah, pop different mouths on different stuff. Uh-huh. Claymation you have to mold each scene. True. I'm just saying, there's a difference between Wallace and Gromit uh-huh. and Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> or uh, Ru- Rudolph, uh, Rudolph, Rudolph. Sorry, the, yeah, Rankin ba- the Rankin Bass Christmas specials. Yes. Um, yeah, no. So, yeah, this is claymation. I don't, I, I, if he did that, he, may, he had a bit of help. But that's the other that thing. That was too. so weird. There's a bunch of weird kind of tangents in this movie. I feel like that was the maybe the weirdest. Was the the Frankenstein parody with the burger coming to life? That was that felt like <laughs> Where did that come from? You know, you know I put wonder... the whole movie on hold and do a rather extensive sequence uh, with yeah, a, with no, claymation I mean, it's, burgers. It's well done in the context of that. Mm-hmm. You I that other movie I kept seeing a lot of was uh I'm a huge fan of UHF. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. it's this guy, like, stuck in a daydream the whole time, and so he goes off in these worlds. The thing for, about this one for me is that that's not the point of this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like he has to get out of that creative space right. into the real world. Right. So it just felt like plot devices and do gags of claymation hamburgers mm-hmm. and Frankenstein set pieces. Sure. Which, again, were in the context of that was goofy and fun, but yeah. just it felt a little... Feels a little out of place. Sure, you could. Oh yeah, you could agree with me on that. I can. Yeah. There, here's the thing: is this movie was fun. There's some fat that could be trimmed. Of course. Yeah. Some. <laughs> I'm just saying. A little bit. Yeah. What? <laughs> you don't believe me? No, no, no. I think you're looking I mean, at me like. No, no, no. I'm, I agree. I agree about the claymation. The claymation burger scene is probably with the Frankenstein attached. With the like, with if the, that had ended another way, it still yeah. would have been a little bit weird. Yeah. But it's yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't know. Like yeah, that's a that's a complete tangent in this movie. Yeah, uh, I mean, here let me rewrite the scene for a second. Mm-hmm. He goes to make the biggest burger. Like yeah, he did right. Yeah, puts it on the grill. Mm-hmm. Looks out through a window from mm-hmm. the kitchen onto the restaurant. Sees Beth mm-hmm. with Stalin. Mm-hmm. Is too enraptured by that. Something catches on fire. Mm-hmm. The guy comes back in and he's you know yeah. putting it out. So he throws him on his ear in front of Beth. Which that's the important part of that scene is that that's only that's just there so that you can get embarrass him in front of Beth. But the Beth sequence is about ten seconds. Yeah, the Frankenstein sequence <laughs> is about five minutes. It's about five minutes exactly. <laughs> yeah, see, you see what I'm mean, saying about Van, some of this fat the, that could have been a Van Halen out. song. I mean, don't worry, I'm going to rewrite this film and sure and submit it. Of course, but uh, look for that on on the website. On the Don't Ingestion Engine, mm-hmm. now, the rewrite of this movie. <laughs> uh, first page rewrite. Um, what? How did you find this movie? How did I find this movie? We had a VHS copy of this movie okay. when I was a so kid. So your parents had yeah. submitted you to this. Yeah. When I was like seven or eight years old. That was the other thing I was going to say about this. <laughs> is This feels like an all-ages kind of piece. Yeah. It's a PG. You talk about, it's a PG. Sure. And there's some a little crude stuff here and but there. But it's, it's and all like a lot of that stuff went over my head. I can understand that. Yeah. Um, the cheerleader getting stripped mm-hmm. is a little dramatic too. <laughs> you know that again. And here's the thing, though. I gotta, I gotta give, seemed, him, I gotta give them some credit though for holding back. This was the 1980s where gratuitous nudity was a was a big deal, and and they kept it civil here. She did have underwear on. That easily could have been a needless sure thing. In in a in a. Uh, 
uh, raunchy uh, 80s teen comedy way. Uh, savage. Yeah. We commend you for that. <laughs> it just he, feel- kept, he kept his movies PG in a time where you were making stuff like Porky's. I mean, that makes, you know, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, again, it's just like he's, there's this moment of him trying to like woo this girl. It's obviously not going to work. Yeah. And it ends by him falling and just, I mean, I know he gets beat up by the basketball team. But right. Again, this could be trimmed. <laughs> it could be in a way where he still gets beat up. But I mean, this is a movie full of, with a lot of gags and some of those gags land and some of them don't. Yeah. And I mean, again, the context of the gags always works. Sure. It's just the overall, mm-hmm. are they necessary for the movie to move on? And I would say that of the two movies, this one is a lot more cohesive than One Crazy Summer. Really? Is yeah. One Crazy Summer just like a sketch? That's uh, what it would probably feel. A little bit more. It's a, it's a, it's wackier. More caricatures. It's, it's more it's wacky. A, it's wackier because it doesn't have as much of the uh, sincerity. Since it wasn't the autobiographical sort of, I'm trying to picture what that movie. Is. I'm gonna have <laughs> it's to pretty watch crazy. That. It's 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 fun. It's a really funny movie. Yeah, um, and th- some of that is still there. Like I mean, he definitely plays the romance legitimate between Cusack and Demi Moore. Sure, um, but it's definitely. Like I said Cusack's great in this. Oh yeah, he plays the straight man when he needs. He plays the funny man when he needs. I mean, no, he's. I mean, you can see why he he's had so much success as a leading man. Yeah. Like, he's very charming. He's very funny. He's very relatable, though. I mean, that's the thing. He's be- Cusack has always excelled at being the everyman. Yeah. Uh, and you really, because you're like, you're like, oh, I could be this guy. I, I understand what this guy's going through. You feel so bad for him in all the scenes yeah. with, uh, with uh, Stalin and him. Uh, constant. Yeah. Stalin. Stalin's you just so hate that guy. evil. He's just so, you, such a jerk. Well, yeah. I mean, that makes. Yeah. His, with a name like Stalin. Yeah. What? <laughs> you know? Right. Like that. That doesn't say... I want to get the name of the actor who played that's him. That's fine. That, uh, yeah, go... Uh, Stalin... A name like Stalin doesn't instill affection from your audience. No, it does not. Uh, Aaron Dozier played Roy Stalin. Roy. Yeah. Roy's another one of those. He just looks like... he. I mean, like, the 80s had a particular kind of... His like, hair is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, but, like, the, a lot of these teen movies had these kind of douchebag uh, villain characters sure. in them uh, from the 80s, and they all kind of had that look, that hair, that, you know... Yeah. They, uh, like like James Spader and Pretty in Pink had this kind yeah. of vibe to him as well. Uh, he was a little bit creepier, Spader, in that. But uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and probably still is. <laughs> it still is. Depending, you, you on can watch him every week on the blacklist, being creepy. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, Ultron is a little a little creepy in Ultron. I do want the Ultron Pretty in Pink cut. <laughs> Just replace all the scenes with James Spader with Ultron. Yeah. James Spader as Ultron still. Yeah, but, yeah. of course. I mean, it's James Spader. Yeah, exactly. Technically. Um, uh, let's see. We should talk about... We, we mentioned her a little bit. But we should talk about the character of Monique. Monique Jeannot is her name. Yes. The French foreign exchange student who moves mm-hmm. in across the street with the Smiths. Uh, Ricky Smith and his mother, whose name, whose name is never given. I realized mm-hmm. that my... Mother voice, mm-hmm. the voice I do for mother caricatures, mm-hmm. is this mother's voice from this movie. <laughs> Ricky! I just never knew. Yeah, the whole time. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You've heard it before. Oh yeah, you know what I'm it totally about. is. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if, if she stole it from me, if I stole it from her, if it's just like a Laura Waterbury is the actress who public plays Mrs. Smith, and Dan Schneider plays Ricky Smith. Which here's a can I say another thing that bothers yeah. me? Okay. This is this is nitpicky. Sure. That's what I'm here that's, for. That's, yeah, if you're if you're coming on the show, I know we're going to get nitpicky. Those of you who have heard our movie reviews over on uh, our other podcast panel, I just, panels, 
I have preferences. Yeah. And I want to state them. Mm-hmm. Ricky the whole time is dressed in obnoxiously loud clothes. Yes. Right? Yeah. Not a huge problem with that. Okay. I understand that they're going for that yeah. real Debo. Yeah, I mean, it's the, it, yeah, it's, it's the cartoonish nature of the film. Yeah. His bathrobe mm-hmm. is plain tan. <laughs> and I thought, that's a big opportunity missed. You know what? Yeah, they could have gone for, for a sillier crazy. bathrobe there. Yeah, I'm just saying. No, I agree. I agree with that. I never thought about that, but I think you're right. There was I'm a sorry, I ruined that movie for you, John. <laughs> You'll never be able to watch it the same way again. I don't know. I think I'll be all right. Uh, so this auto expert from France yes. comes over. They obviously didn't Look. screen the house <laughs> she was going to be living in. Yeah. Because she ends up with maybe the worst human being's. Well, Aside from and, Roy and Stalin. You, you want to talk about creepiness? What's going on here? It's kind of <laughs> like a mail-order bride. Yeah, that se- they seem to be treating her in that way. Knowing that she's only for a couple terms? Yeah. I don't, the thing that it's I unclear how long she's with them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. forever in their basement, mm-hmm. basically, yeah, is what sure. is implied. Yeah. And, I mean, I get the idea that she's trying not to speak to them, mm-hmm. but if you could speak English... Yeah. Speak English to somebody else so you could get some help. You know what I'm saying? Which she does eventually. Speak to Lane. About a long time yeah. later. After yeah. she's throwing lemons? They look like lemons, yeah. Lemons at a sign over mm-hmm. and over and over again? Yeah. Well, she's getting, she's taking out her frustration on that sign. On lemons. When life gives you lemons, mm-hmm. throw them at a sign. Yep. That's the old saying. <laughs> That's what this movie taught me. Yep. Uh, when life gives you lemons. So she, I mean, with all due respect to the actress, uh-huh. Diane. Diane Franklin. Franklin. Yeah. Her French is pretty flimsy. <laughs> her French accent's pretty flimsy. But her French the, accent is what won her the part of the movie. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Is in a movie like this? It makes sense. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It really doesn't matter. Right. So that's not an issue. If anything, it makes sense for it to be more caricature in this in the context of this film. Yeah. I mean, it fits the world of this movie. I wouldn't have minded seeing it toned back a bit. Mm-hmm. But again. She's pretty charming, though. It's 1985. She's really nice. Yeah. She can work on cars. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know how f- how far into the introduction of this character you realize that obviously she was the love interest for Lane. The first time you see her, yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. Is like you know the music swelling, yeah. her looking out the window dreamily. He's not. He's not going to get back with Beth. We don't want that. Well, we hope not. We've seen movies where, you know, the they don't end up together. They should. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Some uh, John Hughes movies? <laughs> yes, I do know what you're talking you're about. You're just like, come on. Yeah. Is that what we want to see? Right. I mean, sometimes that happens in real life. Yes, it does. So this movie, I didn't know if they were actually going to get together, but I knew mm. that she was going to be the driving force yeah. and the love interest. Yeah. Didn't realize she was going to fix his car. Right. I don't, <laughs> I don't feel great about that. You don't feel don't great about feel her fixing his car? Not in the way that they did. <laughs> we were talking about this while the movie was rolling. We try not to, but mm-hmm. the idea that this car's been living under a rag yes. for months. Yeah. And in one afternoon, without buying any new parts, mm. every everything is sparkling. It drives perfectly. Yeah. Um, His Camaro is... Uh, he doesn't apparently need license plates, even though the car is it not just sa- It just new. says Camaro. It just says Camaro. Yeah. Didn't realize you could do that. Well, when you have a car that cool, you can do whatever you want. I'm going to try it out. Yep. Get uh, yourself a Camaro and just roll around. No the, plates. And the other thing... I was going to say, though, okay, go with the other thing, and then I'll say what I was going to well, say. Well, and this movie's, again, I, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a super fun movie. It is a really fun movie. I feel like there are so many side quests mm-hmm. for him oh. to go on. Yeah. Like, so many. Yeah. He has to fix his car so mm-hmm. he can beat the drag racers. Mm-hmm. Which right? we'll talk about them in a second. He's got to escape from the 
the newspaper kid. Mm-hmm. He's got to get back together with the girl. He's got to learn how to ski. Yeah. He's got all you know. Well, like, it's a quest. I mean, it's it's, a, it's like a it's like a uh, like a, I mean, the, the knight at the beginning is I think there for a reason. I mean, like it's the thing about you got to defeat the dragon so you can get to the princess. So you can cross. I mean, first, you got to cross the river, and then you know it's all these things. And then, of course, this movie being at the end, he realizes he doesn't want the princess. He wants the mechanic girl. Yeah, I didn't see her in the opening credits. I like that way. <laughs> I also the smudges on her face mm-hmm. look like some. They were they were movie smudges. Movie smudges. Somebody from the makeup department went and smudged stuff yeah. on her face. That's the other thing. Is this movie? Mm-hmm. I could be in movies in 1985. Everybody looks so pale and yeah. so sickly. Yeah. They spent no time in makeup. <laughs> they spent no time in hair. Or I, I mean, it, yeah. I think they spent all their hair and makeup budget on Roy, <laughs> Roy Stalin's Stalin. hair. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because the rest of it, like that first scene when you see John Cusack wake up, you're like, oh, he does not look well. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Well, I hope we're getting John Cusack on this podcast. It probably well, here's it. the thing: is John, you've aged very gracefully. You yeah. look so similar. Like, oh yeah, you talked about him being in Every Man. I talk about like Paul Rudd being in Every Man. Yeah, watch the old Wet Hot American Summer mm-hmm. and watch the television show put out now. Yeah, he's the only one who hasn't changed. If anything, he might look younger. He might look younger. Yeah. John Cusack doesn't look younger, but he's he definitely hasn't. I mean, he's what in his fifties now, John he Cusack. Hasn't and he hasn't put on looks, fifty years. I don't think he. I mean, he's, yeah. No, oh, yeah, I mean, a, there's a picture right there. He looks yeah. so similar. Current current day Cusack really doesn't look that different. I mean, he definitely looks like an adult as opposed to a teenager. Yeah, I mean, but, here here he looks very young. If anything, he just looks a bit older here. Yes, um, but certainly not what uh, twenty or thirty. What thirty? But it's not a thirty years. This is thirty years ago. This movie came out. That's very impressive. Yeah. And to think... He's 49. They spent... Like I said, I don't think they spent any money on makeup. The thing, <laughs> it's not a Jen Cusack comment. It's a... Uh, it's just an across the board. It's just the whole thing. They were not concerned with that. Right. We're not concerned at all. <laughs> yeah, I think... No, that's true. I mean, except for Stalin and possibly Beth as well. Yeah. I mean, they're made to be... Like very attractive people, or I mean, not that the other people aren't attractive necessarily, but sure. they're, but they're they're more realistic looking. Yes, in terms of they they haven't been they haven't been uh, uh, made over by a, a department, obviously. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, that is something I noticed. Yeah, Again, sure. Very nitpicky. Oh yeah. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, I don't I don't remember them saying these guys' names, but the Re brothers. Uh, yeah, I think that feels like a credits. Yeah, sort of. the but the drag racing <laughs> brothers. One of which who learned English from listening to Howard Cosell. Howard Cosell. On the wide world. So he talks like this. I mean, it's a funny gag. <laughs> it's a very weird. It's another weird runner throughout the movie, and they've got the uh, speaker system on top of their car yes. so they can do the the announcements. Yes. One Lane Meyer. Yeah. And and no explanations to the origins of that rivalry. No. Who cares? They just the only line he drops is they've been after him since he got his license. But that's the thing too, is like you said, with it being heightened in like high mm-hmm. schoolers, there's things I did in high school and I look back and I'm like, why was I even doing that? Why did I interact <laughs> with that person in that sure. way? Like what was Yeah. There's no reason for that. Yeah. I was just literally out of my mind. Right. You know? Yeah. And you kind of are in high school. Sure. So it makes sense for this movie to be out of their mind. I did also say to you, while this is filming, John, we should cosplay as those, <laughs> those, those guys. As the Ree Brothers. The Ree Brothers. Because those Better jackets Earth. are yeah. so awesome. Oh, yeah. Those like mustard colored jackets. Sure. I mean, those are like the jackets Howard Cosell wore back in so the 70s awesome. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
let's try let's try to track those down and, All and, right, and go for it. it. I wonder if we could get the actual ones from the movie. <laughs> and then the driving gloves as well. The leather yeah, driving gloves. Like he's got the he's kitchen got the, gloves. The, but they're fingerless. Fingerless, fingerless kitchen, kitchen gloves. gloves which is <laughs> that a great, he keeps apparently in his car. Yeah, which is a great bit. Ready for Another that. Another very silly, fun touch to this movie. Yes. Uh there's there's a, there's some interesting at the beginning of the movie there's some flashbacks to his the beginning of his relationship with Beth with a wavering yeah. screen yeah now that would feel very like cliched or oh, whatever you couldn't do it but back then you know that not, not I don't think probably not that many movies had done it I'm not this was certainly not the first to do it but yeah it was you know that's just like I mean I made a reference to this earlier very similar in my mind mm-hmm. on Saved by the Bell yeah you either get the wavy motion or you get a pink or red outline around the yes. whole screen yes. to n- denote that it's a flashback or a dream sequence yes, or a future yeah. you know, flash forward. Like, do they feel like the audience members wouldn't track with them? I think so. Yeah, really? I think I, I think back then there was a thing where we have to denote every everything needed a sound cue, everything needed a visual. Uh, you can. I just think that was how they made movies back then. I don't know. I think we're, we people are savvier about what movies look like now and and how to and how to follow them. I feel like the new Fantastic Four movie could have benefited instead <laughs> of one year later, like a wavy screen. Yeah, be right where are we going? Oh, time Ooh, is fast. Future. Yeah, it's the future. It would have been the only lively thing. To uh, but I was gonna say, I do really like the scene where he meets Beth for the first time, and and we get the internal monologue of each of them. Wiping their noses. Yeah. Well, and I like him stepping in that family's picnic. Yes. It's pretty great. Yeah. It's it's, it's funny. It's, it's, yeah. It's, again, he, John Cusack balances back and forth between charming and nice to mm-hmm. like total spaz. Re- and, really and well. effortlessly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really well. So we haven't actually talked. To, I mean, she's she's in the movie a bit here and there, but I mean, uh, we haven't talked about Amanda Wiss, who plays Beth. Uh, she was also people probably know her from A Nightmare on Elm Street as well. The she's, problem is. You kind of hate her in this movie. Yeah, you really do. You're not supposed to like her. You don't really like her that much in Nightmare on Elm Street, do you? And she's not. <laughs> <laughs> she's actually. She actually has uh, the distinct honor of being the first person Freddy Krueger killed in any movie in well, Nightmare on Elm Street. My condolences for your family. <laughs> I just feel like she. She's not in the movie enough to be impactful. Mm-hmm. You're only you're told that she's supposed to be impactful, and you see it on him. Yeah, but you don't get anything. Well, right from, from the right from the beginning of the movie, we see his room covered in pictures of her. Yeah. Uh, oh, with, I love the the coat hangers. The coat hangers with, with her face yeah. on it. That's pretty well, the, awesome. The whole thing great. about the the father says, "I think the I, the boy's obsessed," and and the mother's like, "He's not obsessed." Hard cut to the closet full of that's uh, her awesome. head on all the hangers. He sleeps yeah. with a picture of her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> under his pillow when you i mean right away when the first time you see beth in the movie she's taking his picture out of her out of a frame and replacing it with roy's uh and then she uh when she breaks up with lane she specifically says it would be better for her to date somebody more popular and more attractive yeah so yeah the, no beth is not a good person at no all. and i feel like if you want a little bit more Sympathy, which I don't think they were going for. No, I mean, as, especially as we know what this movie spun out of. I think this. I think there's some anger here from Savage Steve Hall. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, not Savage. Was it? Sav- yeah, that's right. Savage yeah, Steve Hall. Right. Yeah, um, he was being sorry, savage here. Earlier, you said Steve Hall and oh yeah, I forgot there was a Savage. That's there. right. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing to show them in their past relationship as successful, you know, or affectionate, or. Yeah, the scene? there's a scene where they're in the car, uh-huh. but it's, it's not even like it's it's there's it's, no emotional connection there. No, it's kind of charming and funny, but it's not. 
you know. It's funny because he's drawing a pregnant woman on the geometry chalkboard. Yeah, I mean, Cusack's very funny in that scene. Yes. I mean, like, yeah. But his thing, I like his thing about where she's saying it's not such a big deal. He's like, I just feel like we should commemorate it somehow, you know? Yeah. I'll get my dad's Polaroid. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was, I thought that was. Yeah, good. I mean, he's funny and he's charming. It, the, yeah. But again, the, the affection and the interest comes from him to her as opposed to. But I, I, I almost think to a certain extent that kind of works because his. If they had gotten back together at the end of the movie, then that wouldn't have made any sense. But there's this sort of realization about, like, what what am I clinging to here, you know? Yeah. For him, I think that's that's kind of, like, Lane Meyer's journey to a certain extent is realizing, like, why am I obsessing over this girl who clearly never had the same kind of thing towards me that I had to her? Yeah. So, But you don't ever see him come to that realization. He just finds a new girl. That's true. Who is way more awesome, though? She's way more French. <laughs> she can work on cars. Yeah. I'm just saying, she has more going for her than Beth does. Yeah. Yeah. She's really good at skiing. Oh, that's right. Okay, I take we it back. We She's way better. Yeah, we haven't talked about the skiing in this movie. The skiing is, is, is a huge crucial. part of this movie, yeah. It's pretty There's crucial. a lot of skiing in this film. Uh, there is a lot of skiing. Yeah. A lot of, like, intense action sequences of people skiing. There's probably more skiing in this than all of the James Bond movies put together. We'll see after Spectre, but yeah. Oh, Spectre might push it over the edge. Yeah, I think so. They're just one movie away from... Actually, you know what? The scene in GoldenEye. The scene in GoldenEye in this are probably about the same. There's, no, when... there's no skiing in GoldenEye. You take that back. Where's their skiing in GoldenEye? They're skiing... Oh, just kidding. Ha. Wrong Russian woman. In uh, The World Is Not world's Enough. The World's Not Enough. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. Yeah. Which is a great skiing sequence. It's a skiing sequence. Come on, guys on the parachutes. Uh, guy, uh, guys on snowmobiles with parachutes on them. Yeah. Um, the avalanche. That's a little sea. crazy. Yeah, the, that was weird when John Cusack got him in that bubble. Yeah. You know, the, oh, the yeah, John Cusack sequence. did that? Yeah. I think you yeah. might be conflating those movies. No. <laughs> no, that was in this. That was in this movie. <laughs> I'm, John, I've seen this movie once. Mm -hmm. I'm an expert. <laughs> okay, I forgot. I forgot you're an expert on this. We've been deputized. That's right. Of course, yeah. We have our badges on. Yep. Just to let people know, we have In to say that. Serious, yes, we, we have do. to say that for legal reasons. Yep. We do. We are wearing our badges. It's the only time we can podcast. We do. Yeah, we are representatives of the state. Yep, official of Nebraska, mm -hmm. Minnesota, yep, Ohio, mm -hmm. and Rhode Island. Yep, one of which we're recording in. Maybe. Yeah, we can't say which one though. Yeah, we promised them we wouldn't. Yes. <laughs> so just uh, leave it be. Just yeah, just we're not going to say it. Uh, but no, so there's a lot of skiing in this movie. Obviously, I mean, it's it's implied that Lane skis, yes, uh, and he wants to join and the, well, ski, the ski team. Yeah, with the exception of the K12, he skis well. Well, when when we initially, uh, so uh, when when one of the early scenes, he and Beth go to the ski tryouts where mm -hmm. Roy is the ski captain, of course. Yep. And uh, he, uh, you see Roy manipulate the stopwatch. He start he starts it too early so that he comes in because you had to ski in under 58 seconds. Yep. And he did, took him a minute, but Roy had started the stopwatch before Lane started. Yep. So, so he, Lane was uh, Lane I mean, was good able to get on the ski team. Except, but it's also implied that no one except for Roy can ski the cake twelve. That's true. Even the ski shop owner. Yeah, we see him in, in like a, almost a full body cast. Yes, because he had uh, injured himself skiing the K twelve. Attempting the K twelve, and also the, it's it's plainly stated that people have died skiing the K twelve. Everybody, I think it states everybody. He's which... the he's the only guy to finish and live. I believe is what they said, implying other people made it to the bottom, but they were dead. Yes, 
I want to see that movie. Yeah. I want to see the documentary about the K-12 Which in is Greendale. <laughs> yeah, Greendale, Greendale, California, too, specifically. Yes. Because they get to Los Angeles pretty easily. Well, we don't see this, but they said in the state of Northern California. That's true. So we were thinking at least a 12-hour drive, probably. <laughs> is that right? Is that what you were thinking? That it took him to get to Dodger Stadium at the end? Yeah, but it's fine. Yeah. Oh, he can do it. He's got a Camaro. It's pretty fast. Sure. And they've got time. They're in love. Yeah. <laughs> They're totally in love. Uh, we I made this comment. This mountain gets taller and the K-12 gets longer which I think every is, time you go back. To yeah, which mountain. I think is, is, a, is a calculated joke, I'm assuming. You think so? Yeah. I think so. I feel like they just slipped that in there. Because <laughs> I, like, I feel like the shots of the mountain are purposely... More menacing? Yeah. Maybe. Each time. Uh, because we, he, we see him attempt the K-12 several times in the movie. That was the other thing, is that all these people who are injured and, and dying from this. And, and he, he takes some terrible tumbles down he, that. He and he's does fine. it like nine times, and he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love the advice that Charles gives him uh, about uh, how to ski it. Just go that way really fast. Yep. And if something gets in your way, turn. turn. Which is the same advice, advice that Monique, Monique gives him. him. Yeah, and exactly. he listens to it. Because mm-hmm. he sees her do it, and she's good at it. She's really good at it. Yeah. Why didn't she... Dr- Here's the thing. Here's how I've written this movie. Okay. Nobody thinks Lane's going to show up. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, in full ski gear, he shows up to the top of the mountain. Yeah. Beats Roy. Mm-hmm. It's revealed that it was Monique the whole time. <laughs> it was a girl that beat him. Roy's now embarrassed. Oh, because Roy says, seems like a guy who's definitely got some sexist... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, he's he's pretty terrible to Monique in the one scene they really have together. He's pretty terrible to everybody. That's true. But, I mean, he's he's very misogynistic and... Uh, I mean, it was, was 85. He, yeah. But, I mean, he's I mean he's played as that. I mean, when he, when sure. he comes up to her, he puts his hands on her. Uh, he's just, yeah, terrible. But she sprays him with the Coke. Monique is not to be trifled with. Which, the, I wish that gag was a little bit bigger. Like that Coke exploding. Mm-hmm. It felt, you know what it felt like? What would probably really happen? Yeah, which is exactly. like It would spray out a bit. Yeah, I wanted it to be more like the for a mom, movie that's very heightened. The mom lighting a cigarette <laughs> after the primer. That's I love that scene. He, well, he reads in a paper that somebody killed himself with fire, so he's going to burn himself alive, <laughs> which is really insane. Uh, and so he gets primer from the garage, which he pull, pours in a bowl, mm-hmm. uh, and he's going to and he's soaking a rag in it that he's putting on himself, and then. Uh, Mrs. Smith pour, just grabs it and pours it in her glass and seems to really like it. She drinks several drinks and she, of it. And she makes a point of saying how good she thought it was. <laughs> and uh, and then she lights a cigarette and explodes. And one of my favorite jokes in the movie is they just cut to them in the car. And he goes, gee, I'm really sorry your mom exploded, Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great bit. Yeah, that is, that is a great bit. We and should talk. She's, she's like has a mask on the rest of the Yeah. She's, well, he, he said, I mean, the. Was it the, the doctor, doctor said, said she's she can't be, have spicy food? Yeah, for she'll a while. be fine, but she's need, yeah she needs to stay away from the spicy food. We should <laughs> talk a bit about actually we haven't talked at all about Lane's parents. Yes, David Ogden Styers and Kim Darby. I love David Ogden Styers. He's great from he, Mash. A lot of people probably know him from, from Mash from Springfield, Oregon, I believe. Is that right? I might be misquoting this, but how old is he? Uh, let's see here. Well, it says here he's from Illinois. Well, he went to school in Springfield. Moved with his family to Eugene okay. during which, high school. Which is Springfield. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like saying that I live in Portland. Yeah. I live in a suburb of Portland. Right. How old is he? Uh, let's see. He would be... Let's see. 42. What would he be? He'd be 60... Uh, no, he'd be 70. 
three. My grandmother, I believe, babysat him. Is that right? That's why I was checking the age on him. Yeah. And that's how I knew he lived in Springfield. Awesome. Yeah, that was a weird, weird connection. He's Cogsworth. Yes. In uh, Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. He's in MASH, obviously. He's in an episode of Star Trek Next Generation where he almost marries Troy's mother. Yes. Oh, I forgot about that mm-hmm. one. He is the mayor of Bailey and Doc Hollywood. Yes, he is. I really like David Ogden. Great character actor. Do you know Kim Darby who played? No. So Kim Darby. Well, I mean, maybe. Kim Darby was in True Grit with oh, yeah. John Wayne where she was a teenager. Yes. Back in the day. She's also in an episode of Star Trek. Which one? She's in Miri, and she was Miri. No mm-hmm. way. Yep. This that was obviously makes, when she was much younger. I'm putting this all... Yeah, no, I'm yeah, putting it all yeah. together. And obviously in this movie, she's doctored up quite a bit. Yes, I mean, she's yes, She's yeah. in all kinds of crazy outfits. Right. Including a reindeer costume? Yes, at Christmas, which yes. is the, the, the Christmas morning scene is, is I love. It's pretty great. The aardvark jacket. The aardvark jacket that, that she keeps giving him TV dinners. She, just, yes. he gets a big stack of TV dinners. Yep. Um, <laughs> but his parents are great. His father's so concerned about him. There's something wrong with him. He's reading a book called, was it Youth and the Drug Obsession, I think it's called? Yes. Uh, and he, he's and when he's speaking to him, but he keeps consulting the book for phrases to use. Uh-huh. That's a pretty great scene. Yeah. David Augenstyre says some really funny stuff in this movie. And from the get-go. I mean, he's yeah. got the bit where he runs out to save the last panel of mm-hmm. glass, or pane of glass. Yeah. And he lifts it up in time, and then he drops the door, and it breaks all the glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, John Cusack, man, he's... Some of the stuff he does in here, like knocking stuff over with the skis mm-hmm. and showering with socks on, as disgusting that is. You yeah. know what I mean? He's just so likable from the get-go. Absolutely. And he, he has a real deft comic touch. Like, he knows just how to bring the right... I mean, you were saying, like, he knows when to be the straight man, he knows when to be funny. Uh-huh. He knows just how to calculate what level of comedy to bring to each scene. I it think. just feels very natural. Yeah. And then David Ogden Styers being the rigid... Oh, man. And when he's opening up the cabinet and all the cereal boxes have been cut open. <laughs> because of Badger, who I don't think we've talked about. Actually. No, we're about to get there. Yeah. We're about to get so there. He opens up but the they, boiled oh, bacon, too. The boiled is, bacon is... Yeah, the, all, the, all the stuff with the mom's cooking. She got the recipe, but it was, in, it was ruined in the rain, so she had yes, to add stuff to I it. I do like that. And it's just a glob of green something with, with uh, raisins, raisins in it. And, like then it raisins. and then it moves off it moves. of the yeah. which is great. Which, again, uh, the, you only see Lane watch that, and it feels like he's imagining that. That's know, the thing about this movie. But the, but what's good is it doesn't specific. There's a couple times, like the the Frankenstein burger scene, where it specifically shows as a fantasy sequence. But most of the yeah. movie just plays as reality, but in this heightened world. Everybody keeps asking if they can ask out Beth. Yeah. The teacher, Barney Rubble on the screen, the mailman. The mailman. That's pretty great. Yeah. Now, I know we... he keeps talking when he closes yeah. the door. Yeah, and he's just like, I know we've never met, actually, yeah. but <laughs> I heard you broke up with that girl, Beth. And, yep. uh, yeah. and Barney Rubble's my favorite, though. Oh, yeah. Gee, <laughs> I was wondering if I could take out Beth. This is he, a little weird. Yeah, yeah, me being a cartoon and all, but... <laughs> <laughs> and, the te- and then you see the teacher driving her home later, and he waves at Lane. Yeah, that... <laughs> But that's that feeling. Once again, I feel like um, it's a completely different movie, but I feel something that took uh, this approach of like this heightened view of relationships is Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Even though it does it in a different way. Yeah. It has that thing about like this is how you perceive something when you're in this heightened emotional state. That movie is maybe the closest we will see to a movie like this yeah. for a long time. Right, because like. that's that whole thing about the... the um, paranoia or jealousy of ex uh somebody's ex and 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 the 
the fear that you have in starting a new relationship with somebody's past. And, yeah. Um, and then this is obviously dealing with breakups in that same way. And in a, in a different way, but in that heightened way of like, yeah. this is the visual representation of the mindset you're in in a breakup. Yeah. Um, we should talk now. You want to talk about Badger? Oh, my God. <laughs> Lane's little brother, Badger. I feel like Badger is the best character of this movie. He does not speak a line of dialogue. In no word. <laughs> he, he spends the majority of the movie filling out um, forms for, like, sendaways. Yeah, he's nine. Yeah. He's nine, and he sends away box tops for a laser gun. <laughs> What'd you he get? gets to work. <laughs> I love that. When he's like, come on, man, you're you're nine years old. You shouldn't be playing with this stuff. And without saying, he just turns around and, and, bl- and shoots a hole through a box yep. next to him. And he's just, and Lane's just like, okay, man. Like, yep. <laughs> I don't know what. And then he orders the... How to pick up trashy women. How to pick up trashy women, which he does very successfully. I love that. A night after Lane, Lane's Lane, failure. Lane walks into into this room, and there's, what, like six or seven women? Sure, yeah, something and, like and that. And Badger's got a bottle of champagne. Yep. And they're all just standing around. And they all just look at him, and then Lane walks off and clo- you know, closes the door. And, and the music it. picks back up. Yep. <laughs> and then he's building a that's, that's, rocket ship. Yeah, out, out of, of household appliances. Out of household appliances. He gets a book on that. And the very end of the movie is that rocket ship blasting out of the roof and into the sky. I mean, he was a prodigy. Yeah. yeah I mean, Badger. But he, again, the name Badger is Badger's awesome. Badger's great, yeah. That he mails away as Badger. What's her last name? Meyer. Meyer. Badger yeah. Meyer. Yeah, Badger Badger Meyer. Meyer's a great name. Yeah, that's what it says on the... Um, he's credited as that here on IMDb. We, I made a joke about this, but what do you think that kid's doing now? The guy who played Badger? Yeah. Scooter Stevens is his real name. You're kidding. I'm not kidding. His name is Scooter oh Stevens. Oh my gosh. Let's see. Uh, he has not worked in since 1989, at least not in film. Oh, man. Uh, this was... He's, he was only in two movies, this and, and She's Out of Control. And then he did, oh. he did an episode of Chips, an episode of Different Strokes. Chips. He did an after-school <laughs> special. He did a Tales from the Dark Side. He did a Small Wonder. Wow, yeah. very modest career yeah. for Scooter. Scooter Stevens. Yeah. Naming your child Scooter. <laughs> it happens, apparently. Oh, but apparently he was born to Scott. Scott Stevens. That's what it says here. Oh, uh, I wish his name on his birth certificate was Scooter. Was Scooter. Uh, reminds me of my childhood. Uh, Everybody called me Scooter. <laughs> Had a razor. We also, there's a, there's a scene where... Um, I'm just trying to think of some stuff we haven't talked about from this movie. Uh, there's a scene where uh, Lane's father makes him take out the daughter of a guy at his law firm. Is that what he says? Yes. So uh, that's the only thing we get of what his father does, is which he's a lawyer. There's no other part of the movie that which has to do. Maybe explains why he's so high strung. Yeah. Could be, yeah. And how he can stand to keep a house that big with a wife that all she does is make science experiments all day. Yeah. Well, the moving a, tentacles in the pot is pretty funny. There's, there's moving tentacles also like a, a, a pincher a as pincher, well. A pincher, yeah. Yeah, what is that that's in there? <laughs> we don't need to know. It might not be earthly. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but yeah, there's a scene where he, where he takes her out and, and, and... They don't get past the porch. No, because, but he's, he's convinced that this nerdy girl is going to be thrilled to go out with a, guy, mm-hmm. with a hunk like him, as he yep. says. And uh, she just calculates... What half of the dinner, the hypothetical dinner they went on would cost, and so just uh, give me the thirteen sixty. <laughs> he says, "Do you take a check?" 
Yeah, he doesn't want to be there. Yeah. She doesn't want to be there. That's the thing you get the whole movie is his delusion of like, no, I'm a good guy. Like, mm-hmm. every girl wants to be with me. Yeah, he said any girl in this school would go crazy if I asked yep. on a date or whatever. I mean, that was the whole thing with the cartoon spurring him on to ask out that cheerleader, mm-hmm. which he steals a guy's skates yep. to do that, mm-hmm. which I thought was a good move, mm-hmm. but it didn't apparently work out very well. No, it didn't. He didn't seem very confident on those skates. No. But you feel like in another romantic comedy... That would be very charming yeah. to, to a female character. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Uh, I was going to say, so then they go to the dance uh, where uh, Elizabeth Daly is singing the song, Better Off Dead, the title track from this yep. movie. Uh, Wearing something featured on Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, it does look, it looks like a 60s Star Trek. Like I said, it's completely silver. Yeah. Has uh, muscles growing on it. I mean, it looks yeah. like it was found under a rock in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Covers her arms, mm-hmm. neck, torso, and none of her legs exactly it's like they ran out of fabric at about the waist mm-hmm. and just stopped making that yeah and the rest of the band looks like they're having a good time but very <laughs> 80s very 80s um lane is at the dance with charles one this is my like my favorite charles bit in the movie is uh roy comes up to <laughs> sing them and he says was it nice date myers you better shave her before you give her a kiss at the end of the night yeah and charles just starts laughing hysterically throughout and then, the whole dance and then <laughs> later he comes up to him and he's still laughing he's like miming the shaving yeah because <laughs> at first i thought oh he's doing this to scare this guy off you know he's like yeah overplaying the joke no <laughs> no he legitimately finds that hysterical because this is something i don't think i, I definitely didn't pick up on this as a kid like he's he's a drug addict Right, I mean, isn't or he's, he's yes, he's, but you never see him do any legitimate drugs. No, you see him snort Jello, like and, cocaine, and snow like cocaine. and snow like cocaine. But I love in the Jello bit, he also rubs it on his teeth. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean, he, uh, and then he and then he offers the straw to Monique as if to have her for her to have a snort as well. Yes, it's a very convincing, mm-hmm. you know, in that he d- in actually that he has a line earlier in the movie that makes sense with that because he says he says this town is so small I can't even get real drugs here. Oh, that's so right. he's he has to sustain he's like himself. Living high from other stuff. <laughs> which is uh, he also great. one of my favorite lines of his is um, uh, when they're uh, going to ski the he's Lane wants to ski the K twelve so they're standing at the top of the mountain and he goes this is Christmas Eve Lane I could be at home drinking this monster eggnog my brother makes with lighter fluid. Yeah. <laughs> I also like he's trying to guess the street value of the snow on the mountain. <laughs> this is pure powder. Pure man. powder. You have any idea what the street value of this yeah. mountain is? <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, can't move my right arm. That guy's crazy. I, you know, I, he is. He is also in One Crazy Summer as well. You know, what I like about this movie mm-hmm. is it wasn't the high school movie where the guy leaves his best friend to be with a girl. You right. Know? Like, right. It's none of that. No. He's really just in there for the gags. Oh yeah, which makes sense. Oh yeah, he's you know he's just there to be. I guess he's helping him, but he's just he's not. <laughs> I think he thinks he is. Because there's also there's also the scene where Lane's standing on top. This is maybe one of my. It's probably not my favorite line, but it's amongst my favorite lines in this movie. When Lane's standing on top of the bridge, and then um, Charles gives him a pat on the back and pushes him, so he's yeah. in the garbage truck. And for no reason, it cuts to two black guys <laughs> working on a uh, like a telephone pole, or they're they're out on like one of those cherry picker things, mm-hmm. clipping hedges, and he just goes. Boy, it's a damn shame when somebody throws out a perfectly good white boy like that. It's like, who wrote that? Did they have Richard Pryor write a bit of that? Just, for no reason, the movie just stops, shows those guys, gets that one, that great one-liner, and then cuts away. 
Just, they have nothing to do with the plot. Man, I think <laughs> that this movie is like a, a compilation of one-liners. Oh, like yeah. Those, like I said, those gags mm-hmm. the whole time. Because then there's there's also, um, at the end of the movie, uh, after he's defeated Roy on the K-12, where he's skiing on one ski, mm-hmm. which is very exciting. Because Charles broke the other one. Yeah, skied over it and broke it. Uh, they're also being chased by the paperboy down the... Because the paperboy is relentless throughout the movie looking for his $2. I want my $2. And there are multiple paperboys in one scene where they chase Oh, I him. love that. Like that that coven of paperboys yeah. is what it feels like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They gather around. And so the paperboy's chasing him down the hill. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and chases him all the way to L.A. Yeah, he He's does. at Dodger Stadium. He is at the very end of the movie. But then Roy hits him with a pole and sends him flying off a cliff. But there is a shot that establishes the paperboy yes. still. I also really like when he's on top of the car and he drives him through a car wash. And yeah. the paperboy says, I can't swim. <laughs> that is a great one. That yeah. line. Come on. Yeah, that's good 1985, stuff. anybody? <laughs> you wonder if that kid, if that was in the script, if that kid just said <laughs> that. And they're like, genius. Yeah. Has <laughs> that kid been in anything else? I'm looking here. Let's see. Uh, Looks like he's done some other stuff. He was in two episodes of The Wonder Years. Um, well then he's a star yeah he's been in some movies here and there he's been in some short films a TV movie here and there he's done stuff can you imagine like Demian Slade is his name Demian Slade yep <laughs> what a cool name all these people did they just cast this this list of people only by their names Scooter Demian Slade <laughs> I think that's what it was this yeah. whole time David Ogden Styers is a cool name yeah, that middle Ogden. Kim movie. Darby, I said, was yeah. the, the mother. I just, I feel like it would be very. Uh, Aaron uh, Dozier, I said, was the was Roy Stalin. Yes. Yeah. It, what What would happen? Mm-hmm. Put yourself in the mindset of being on a first date. Yeah. If you're on a first date with somebody, mm-hmm. and they're like, "By the way, yeah, I played, I played the paper boy." <laughs> In Better Off Dead. Yeah. You know, somebody of that acclaim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what would you do? Like, you wouldn't ever see them and be like, oh, you were that guy, weren't you? Right. What are they doing now? Is he, like, an accountant? Is he, you know, is he yeah. still trying to, like, actively make I'm movies? always fascinated by these people who who have, like, yeah, they have, or like, scooter. the one yeah, the one role in something. And then that was it. Like, they, they didn't go into hard into a career in acting, necessarily. They kind of had the one thing or a couple of things. And then it was just like, no, now I do this. Like, the, actually, speaking of the Wonder Years, the guy who played Paul on the Wonder Years, yeah, well, he's a lawyer now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just that's what he does. That he used to be Paul on the Wonder Years, though. What? He still looks kind of like Paul. Do you think that years, John Cusack calls up Demi and Slade and is like, <laughs> hey, buddy, have a, it's been a long time? I Come doubt it. Over. Actually, uh, uh, I know you listen to this other podcast that I'm going to mention here as a, a podcast called "I Was There Too." Yes. Uh, Diane Franklin, who played uh, Monique in this movie, was on an episode of that. For this movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to listen to that now. I've only listened to the ones that, of the movies I've yeah, seen. Yeah, she was on there talking about this. Awesome. And she talked about she hasn't heard from John Cusack in, in years. Really? Yeah. I mean, not because I don't think because he's a jerk or anything like no. that. I think you just lose touch with people. So Demian's probably not getting any calls from John Cusack. If what Diane if he Franklin's was the only getting, one? He only stayed in touch with he Demian's the only one. Wait, who's the Jenny Franklin he said? Oh, Diane Franklin was Monique. Oh, Diane Franklin. Diane, yeah, Diane Franklin well, yeah, played yeah, yeah. Monique. Yeah, she's on. Uh, you can listen to her on uh, I Was There Too with Matt Great Gorley. podcast. We Great podcast. It. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, finish listening to this and then go listen. Yeah, please, stop. What are you doing? Yeah. Come back. No. Baby, come back. <laughs> uh, this movie definitely has a very 80s pop soundtrack. 
It's all over the place. Mm. Got some Neil Sedaka in there. It breaking does, up yeah. is hard to do. You That's know? a classic scene of everything on the radio is about breaking I, up. Yeah. And then he just throws the radio out of the I car. do like throwing the radio out. Yeah. I feel uh, like that car gets abused more than it should. <laughs> and the ducks riding in it. Yes. That's pretty good. When when they, after they go into the giant puddle because mm-hmm. uh, they're driving. Because Monique slams on the gas. Yeah. To, she's kind of dangerous, that Monique. She's crazy. Yeah. She, uh, maybe she's driving like they do in France. <laughs> yeah, is that right? Do they That's... drive crazy in France? Well, John, why would you even say that? <laughs> that was That was offensive. To ask that? I was saying on the wrong side of the road. Ah, That's gotcha. what I was saying. I'm not sure that's what she was doing. Oh, really? No, she just seemed to be driving Maybe recklessly. Maybe she hit the wrong pedal. She was trying to brake and she hit the gas on accident. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Yeah. It didn't seem intentional what she was doing. No. <laughs> not at all. And I also love that they definitely have a third wheel mm-hmm. of Ricky. Yeah. I was gonna, and then, and then Fifth the, wheel? Thir- the fifth? Well, I say third. I don't know. I guess it's fifth wheel because why would you only have? Two wheels. I mean, if you're a bicycle, but then you're a tricycle, and what's the issue with a tricycle? Yeah, no, no problem there at all. So uh, it's a fifth wheel. I guess, yeah, it is. Um, he uh, at the end of the film, uh, after Lane has defeated Roy, uh, he also has to fight Ricky. Yes, he does in a, du- in a duel uh, with uh, ski poles. Yes, a dramatic final uh, swashbuckling ski pole battle. I was on the edge of my seat. Yeah, who's gonna win? It was pretty tough. And that, and of course, uh, Lane comes out on top. Knocks Ricky onto his mother. Yep. Uh, but then Ricky is helped up by a, a friendly gal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who he settles for. Also with glasses. Yeah. He <laughs> he makes a... His face <laughs> is actively... He would have rather... I could make this happen. He, yeah. He would have rather been with the French girl, but if that's not going to work out, eh, this yeah, girl. That's right. Who has the same glasses as him. So you know they're meant to be. In the eighties, they only made one style of glasses. It's Did true. You yeah. know that is that right? They only, yeah. That was it. It was just that. Well, they were invented in eighty two. Yeah. Before then, you were just blind and you would walk <laughs> off cliffs. Nope, nothing we can do. Sorry. Yep, that's right. Just be careful. That's bull. Oh, we lost another one. Oh boy. So they're pretty new still. Yeah. So they only had <laughs> glasses. One. Are a new they only technology had one model. Mm-hmm. You know. And yeah, so Ricky's got it. The, the girl at the end has it. Um, the girl at the end kind of reminded me of of Jaws's girlfriend from Moonraker. <laughs> what would you do if it was the same girl? I mean, it's not. Because... No, that'd be amazing, though. Man, that um, she plays the same importance. Yeah, actually, you know what? I think the Jaws's girlfriend in Moonraker is much more important. I believe her name is Jenny. She gets a name in that movie. Yeah, you know? she does. I, yeah. I'm not in the movie in the credits. Yeah. Kind of like the Ree brothers or whatever. Right, yeah. The Ree brothers, I swear they don't say their names he, in the movie. Maybe it was like in the first draft and they cut it or something. Could be, yeah. Um, well, you got to write something in the script, so even if you don't necessarily. Yeah, no. But, I mean, maybe that had more importance. Yeah. Or they filmed something. But I feel like Joss's girlfriend mm-hmm. turning his heart of stone mm-hmm. soft again. Yeah. Has a lot of importance. Yeah. She she also doesn't say a word though. No. At all. Mm-mm. And Jaws she has braces, is that right? And that's why she loves Jaws? Yeah. It's just she, like this girl had braces. That's why that's kinda why it reminded me of this. I wish Ricky had those metal teeth. <laughs> if only. That would have made that fight at the end a lot more intense, I think. Yeah, what? It had metal teeth. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. Any fight is more intense. If than you metal think about teeth. it, Jaws is such a violent character in those PG-rated James Bond movies. He, he bites be... people in the neck. Yeah, they always cut away, but yeah, it's like he just like bit that guy's neck, like a good chunk of it off, and then the guy died. Yep. 
It's that's which dark. if you're like seven feet tall and like four hundred pounds of muscle, you probably don't need to bite people in the neck. No, it seems like Jaws would be imposing even without the metal teeth. Yeah, oh, but well. it's more important, and it's also imposing that he doesn't speak. Yes, but if that guy talked and had normal teeth, mm-hmm. still would be terrifying. Absolutely. It always turns back to James Bond with us, doesn't it? I mean, the ski sequences. <laughs> this movie, this movie, kind of a James Bond movie. Th- there's a Jaws. I would say that it's a lost Bond film. <laughs> this is the we should write to it. another podcast we like, James Bonding, also with, with Matt, Matt Garland. Yeah, with Matt and Matt, and uh, mention that they should watch this and why. Absolutely. Um, so, is there anything else we want to say about Better Off Dead? I love the newspaper bit. Yeah, we mentioned that briefly. The whole runner say that, that is. I mean, that's pretty great. Mm-hmm. From like the opening scene, you get the menace of that kid. Oh and, yeah, absolutely. And the, th- the and all the excuses that John Cusack gives to, I love to him. My 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 brother got his arm stuck in the microwave, and then my grandmother dropped acid and hijacked a school bus full of penguins. Yep. So it's kind of a family crisis right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just not able to give you two dollars. Right. Yeah. The things you feel like I love could... that he's coming after Lane, not the father. For the yeah, $2. exactly. Like it's, it became personal at that yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he. <laughs> it's so insane, and the rule, the the comedy rule of three with the broken windows and the, the first. Do they do it only three times? It well, feels like they do it because they do it first with the when it slams down and they break. Yeah. Then they do it again when Lane is trying to kill himself uh, with the car fumes, and he backs out of the garage, and then it breaks again at the end when the rocket ship goes up to the house. I could have sworn there was one more time. I don't think so. Hmm. I mean, he, it works really cause, well because yeah, twice he's fixed it. And put a big bow on the That's garage, right. yeah. Uh, and I do love when they come out because she she bought him the Aardvark coat and said everybody's gonna be wearing this this <laughs> yeah. season. And then when and he Lane says, drives, everybody, out, yeah. And then he drives out, and the neighbor comes over and he's wearing the Aardvark yep. thing with the hood. <laughs> which you said you would wear that jacket. If somebody gave me that jacket, <laughs> I would absolutely wear that jacket. All right. If you want, if you want to find and or make that jacket and send it to us, Donovan will wear it and we'll put a picture of him wearing it. Yeah, I. Will not back away from that. <laughs> I'm committed. You'll take. You're not going to seek out the Aardvark jacket, but if somebody wants to give it to you. The other thing that is kind of weird is him hitting that the pig burger truck a couple times. Yeah, and then he ends up working there. Yeah. See, in my memory, that it was as a result of him hitting it that he had to work there, but that's not the case in the movie. Is it, it doesn't state that. No, is there that a would... director's cut we're not watching. I don't know. I don't think so because I said that in my memory, like when he hit that, I'm like, right, because then he goes to work for that guy because he had to pay off the. But he, he doesn't. doesn't ever say that. No. He just runs away from him in the car. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. That was my memory of the movie. I guess I had always created that logic or something. It makes more sense. Yeah. Two lines of dialogue could have fixed that. Yep. Easily. Cut the Frankenstein. Put that dialogue <laughs> in. Well, I'm going to clean it up. I told you. I'm going to rewrite this movie. I always forget about the Frankenstein. That's always the bit when I'm like, oh, yeah, this happens in this yeah. movie. It's so, and again, I- he Frankenstein creates... Claymation Hamburger Man. And then John Cusack would go on to do the voice in an animated film called Igor. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. He was also the voice in... Your uh, wealth of knowledge, John. He's also the, the, the main, um, the male lead in Anastasia as well, the voice in that. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. That might be my favorite John Cusack. <laughs> Him and Anastasia? I mean, I just like that movie. We'll have to have you on, have you on to talk about more John Cusack movies. Um, if you think there's worth watching, don't have me on for 1408. I've seen it, and I won't see it again. <laughs> I like 1408. I did enjoy 1408. I can't. Is Samuel L. Jackson in that movie? Yeah. He's like the... Couldn't save it. The you know, guy at the front desk or whatever, the hotel. 
could not save it. <laughs> and you're like, wait, he got out of the room. Oh, but he didn't. Oh, but he did Spoiler didn't. alert. Nobody's watching that movie. Nobody watched that movie when it came out. Are you aware of what John Cusack's next movie is, by the way? No. John Cusack's next movie looks awesome. It's called, uh, we'll just plug it here. It's called Dragon Blade. What? Yep. And it's him and Jackie Chan. And Adrian Brody? And Adrian Brody in ancient China. That only makes <laughs> sense. Because do you know about John Cusack is in reality a really good kickboxer? What? Mm-hmm. No. Yep. He's like a martial arts guy. You're absolutely serious right now? I'm totally serious about that. He's been when into that. When corrupt for... Roman leader mm-hmm. Tiberius arrives with a great army to claim the Silk Road, Hu An teams up with his army with an elite legion of defected Roman soldiers led by General Lucius to protect his country and his new friends. Yep. Dragon Blade. Dragon Comes Blade. out this year. Yeah. Like it's soon, com- maybe. It's coming out. There's a trailer for it. Out. What? It looks crazy and awesome. Just, just as a note, that if, if I you, mean, if I would, know what John Cusack's currently up to. He's making a Chinese movie. I would, I mean, depending on when you listen to this podcast, mm-hmm. um, it's probably already out. Actually, now that, uh, when this is, by the time this is released, but go check your listings right now. Yeah, look for Dragon Blade. Man. Is it after September fourth? If it is, then go see Dragon Blade. Yes, please. <laughs> we recommend it. Not that they sponsored us or anything. It just looks like a cool movie. It just looks like a really cool movie. I would totally see that movie. Oh yeah, that could be my new favorite John Cusack movie. He looks pretty cool in it. Yeah. He might uh, top Russell Crowe. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, so I think that's going to do it then. For, uh, <laughs> okay. as, as we end on Dragon Blade. Dragon. Well, we're going to end every episode on Dragon Blade. Yeah, right? we'll, talk, we'll check in next week about Dragon Blade <laughs> and see, it, see how it goes. Um, cool. Thanks for watching the movie with me, Donovan. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. It was sure lots and lots I'm of fun. Sure, I, I'm, I'm sure you'll be back again. Uh, to watch another movie or to I give expert witness testimony. No, I think I think I think you're going to stick around. Okay, all right. Thank you. Yeah, for the <laughs> semi-solid vote of confidence. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what that's what I'm here for. All right, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, cool. So uh, for you, haven't seen that. Uh, I'm John Campbell. And I'm Donovan Eilert. I guess. Uh, just remember, folks, you're not better off dead.